1: What do you do for a living? So right now, I'm unemployed. What did you do for a living in 2017?
2: I I worked for the railroad.
1: Okay, so you get a paycheck, and then at the end of the year, you get a W-2, and then you've made a certain amount, and then you took 50% of that amount you took in deductions.
3: These are the plaintiffs, Donald and Kiana. Donald says the defendant's a certified accountant, and she made a huge mistake on their taxes in 2016. They now owe the IRS $5,638.42 due to the defendant's ineptitude. That's why they're suing This is the defendant, Barbara. She says the plaintiffs refuse to send her the paperwork from the IRS so she can see where the discrepancy is. They refuse to let her handle the situation by showing her the IRS correspondence. And she doesn't owe them any money because she prepared their taxes based on the information they provided to her. She's accused of not computing.
2: All parties, please raise your right hand.
3: What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Million in our forum, the People's Court.
2: People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Million is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome, Your Honor.
1: Okay. Mr. Donald and Ms. Kiana, you are suing your tax preparer of 2017, Ms. Barbara, for $5,638.42 that you now owe the IRS, and you say that's her fault. Tell me what's going on here.
2: All right. So we had utilized her. We had used her uh, the year prior. To do our taxes, no issues, no problems, of course. So during that year, she had told us that we could save all of our receipts for the next year, and we could make apply them to our 2017 taxes. So that's what we did. We saved anything. She said we could save any receipt that we that we purchase anything or whatever we use receipts for that we can apply them to our taxes. That's what she told us.
1: Anything that you bought, like if you bought a hamburger, you could deduct it from your taxes?
2: She told us to keep every receipt. That's exactly what she told okay. us, yes.
1: Well, no, so you should we, keep every receipt, but go ahead, all right, go yeah. ahead, go ahead, you go ahead.
2: So we, we meticulously kept every receipt. Um, in 2017, uh, she did our taxes like she did the year, the year before. And 2019, around October of 2019, we received a letter from the IRS stating that we were going to be audited so as soon as we were audited, we contacted her about those about the audit, and we sent her paperwork as to what the audit was about, and they said that uh, we filed too many exemptions for that year, uh, for the year of 2017.
1: Not too many exemptions that you filed too many deductions. You're, deductions, you're a deductions, W-2 employee, correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. What do you do for a living?
2: Well, right now I'm unemployed.
1: What did you do for a living in 2017?
2: I, I worked for the railroad.
1: OK, so, you get, in, so you're, you get a paycheck, and then at the end of the year, you get a W-2, and then you made a yeah. certain amount, and then you took 50% of that amount you took in deductions. Right? OK.
2: Well, OK, so uh, I understand okay. what you're saying. Uh,
1: what are you smiling at, Barbara? Aren't you the I'm one who so tax- prepared the taxes? I'm not smiling. I did prepare his taxes. That was a red
4: flag for the IRS, don't you think? Okay, so um, it, it could possibly throw a red flag depending on what he's deducting.
1: How on earth can someone take 50% in itemized deductions?
4: He, de- he, de- he deducted his employee expenses, which he works on the railroad so they can deduct their, uh, 50% of their meals, 50% of their um, lodging because he doesn't he's not at home all the time. He can deduct um, any tuition fees um, that are like they had a kid that was in school that they took that deduction. Okay. so what did
1: you take in deductions the prior year?
2: We didn't take any deductions the prior year. uh, And is (laughs) it any big fat
1: surprise to you as a grown person that if you buy a toaster, you can't deduct it as a business expense?
2: No, you're you're absolutely
3: right.
1: So you thought you would be able to take you really believed that you would be able to take more than half of your salary off as a business deduction. No, I, How was, about not, you, I was not. Barbara? Did you really think the oh. IRS wasn't going to flag this when over
4: okay, 50% well, of his salary was a, was a deduction? So they initially contacted me July of 2019 and they sent their dot. I told them to bring me whatever they, wh- what they are being audited for. I need to see the IRS paperwork as to when they're being audited, what they're being audited for. And they sent, uh, they sent me something saying that they need to show receipts. I asked them to bring me all of their receipts and I would break them out into categories so I can let them know what they can and can't deduct and what to send in. I actually took all of their receipts, broke them out into categories, took photocopies of the receipts, along with a spreadsheet and we mailed that off. They came back and picked the up. To the, receipts the IRS? Up. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it and added then... up to what I have.
1: OK. And then- Now, did the IRS, what did the IRS say about
4: that stuff that you sent in? They received the letter stating that the IRS wasn't accepting their receipts. And then they said they received more what letters.
1: Mean, I'm sorry, when you say accepting their receipts, you mean the IRS was not agreeing with them and finding in their yeah. favor? Yes. OK. How is it that you... First of all, are you a CPA? Yes. Okay. I'm looking at the IRS paperwork that she says you didn't send her. And in that IRS paperwork, what they tell you is there's a deficiency, and they tell you what the deficiency is, like $4,800. They are... The itemized deductions are being disallowed. And... They want you to pay, you're lucky you didn't get a penalty. They want you to pay the amount plus interest from the time that you should have paid it because you should have paid it three years ago. So they want $640 in interest because you should have paid it and didn't. And you had a hearing not a hearing, but you, you um, appealed to the board, and I'm looking here at an explanation from the IRS. Before we can allow your receipts, a reimbursement policy statement from your employer is necessary. The letter from your employer must state what type of expenses you are expected to incur and if the plan is accountable or not accountable. Did you ever provide that? Did you ever provide a letter from your employer? No. Why not? They told you if- they needed that.
2: Because what I'm trying to explain to you is, I kept the re- I kept receipts, and when I say I kept receipts, I kept receipts for, like, medical expenses, I kept receipts for...
1: Mr. Donald, uh, you're not room, listening to my question. I, I need you to listen I, to my actual I, question. No, I didn't. I have no, a I real not. simple question. What, okay. now, all they're asking is, look, you took a bunch of business, this is the gist of what the IRS is asking in this letter to you. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, some things are deductible, some things aren't. You're telling me that all these things, uniforms, meals, hotel, whatever, is um, is deductible. Before I can accept your receipts, what the I, the IRS, needs is a letter from your employer stating what type of expenses you're expected to incur and if they are reimbursable. This is like tax 101 in terms of you have no business... Um, deducting them if your company is reimbursing you already for it or you can't deduct your pleasure meal and pretend it's a company meal. So it's real simple. All you had to do was go to the railroad and get them, you know, get them to write a letter saying, oh, yes, yes, we expect them to incur all these expenses. But you didn't do that because I think that you know that you had a bigger piece of the pie than you were allowed to get. Why didn't you just answer and get a letter from your employer? You tell me. Why didn't you
2: I didn't work with that employer anymore so, so what? I didn't work with that empl- you think the railroad so, isn't
1: going to answer, so what they don't have a phone number you
2: know it, no I know I, I understand what you're saying however, like I said, I didn't work there anymore, and i'm going so I get a letter I am, you, no no one can get a letter once they stop working there no i'm not i'm not I'm not saying that I couldn't get a letter once I stopped working there what i'm what i'm uh explaining is is that Everything that we took receipts for is what our tax preparer asked us to get. So no, I couldn't. I didn't get a. I didn't get a letter from the, the railroad. Donald, three years no. later,
1: when the IRS is breathing down your neck, and they say if you want to persist in this, then just give us a letter from your employer that says that these things are expected of you. their business expenses. They just ask you to, to to verify it. That's all you gotta do is get that letter if they're legit. And if you can't get that letter, I think we all know that they're not legit. So the question is, who bears the brunt of that? Should you be able to come into court? and then tell your tax preparer, not only do I want you to pay the interest I had to pay, because they're making me pay interest, I want you to
4: pay my taxes. That's your theory? Can I, can I speak? Yes, can Ms. I speak? Barbara. Okay, and they also received a return that year also. A refund, is so, that what you meant to say? Yes, they're receiving,
1: they received a refund. I think you were incredibly aggressive I THINK YOU HAVE AN OBLIGATION TO MANAGE YOUR CLIENT'S EXPECTATIONS. I, don't, I THINK THAT YOU KNOW WHAT YOU were DOING. LET ME JUST SAY SOMETHING, JUST IN CASE ANYBODY THINKS I'M AN IDIOT. I'M NOT AN IDIOT, OKAY? EVERYBODY HERE KNEW WHAT DAMN TIME IT IS. EVERYBODY KNEW WHAT TIME IT IS, EVERYBODY, OKAY, INCLUDING THE JUDGE, ALL RIGHT? SO NOW WHEN IT'S TIME TO PAY THE PIPER, YOU WANT HER TO PAY YOUR TAXES, NOT JUST THE INTEREST, BUT YOUR TAXES, NO, AND YOU GOT AN INTEREST-FREE LOAN ALL THAT TIME. No. So guess who's going to eat both the taxes he should have paid back then and the $600 in interest? You are. But you, Ms. Barbara, frankly, you have a little bit of soul-searching to do because I understand that every everybody does a little stretch. This is a disgusting red flag stretch, okay? And you need to be a little better than that in your job. <laughs>
5: Donald, Kiana, let me ask you what you're thinking of what the judge just said. It was unreasonable what you were, were expecting to do and get in this court. Uh,
2: I'm, not the, I'm, I'm not the CPA. I'm not the one who filed the taxes. So I turn everything in like she told me to turn in, and then we'll, we'll go from there. I'm not, I'm not a certified public accountant.
6: And We trusted her to take care of it. That's why we pay her to do our taxes.
5: All right. Let me talk to you, Barbara. Do you think uh, you were you were accurate in in putting their, you know, returns together or or not?
4: I do. Obviously, you because weren't because they they gave me a spreadsheet as to their expenses along with after I received their receipts, I broke out everything and it came up to exactly what I put on there, including their medical and all of his business expenses. They all came up to that amount.
5: So you think that's all legit. Well, listen, uh, you win the case. They can't force you to pay that money. But if you think everything was totally legit, maybe you ought to challenge it in some way. I don't know. What do you
7: think?
4: That's why I'd like to help.
5: All right. Harvey, what do you think? Okay, Doug, well, look, the
7: judge said that the plaintiff should have known that the deductions were improper, and I think that re- really does raise an important issue, which is you go to a tax preparer, which is great, but you shouldn't just blindly accept what the tax preparer says. You should ask questions. I realize you're saying you hired a professional, so the professional should do his job or her job, but the fact is sometimes they don't, and you got to protect yourself. Hey, judges, what's your
8: favorite thing to do together? Thanks.
1: I think our favorite thing to do together is I kind of uh, I travel, certainly.
8: Uh, yeah, I would say vacationing, traveling. But when we travel in particular, I like hiking. Yeah. I like getting out into the woods, yeah. the mountains. I like to get out there. I like, to, as you know, I like that way more than the beach. Yeah. And the seashore. You know, the beach and the seashore, you get sand, it's stuck in your...
1: <laughs> I love the ocean.
8: Yeah, I'd have to agree. And, uh, you know, second, the first runner-up to that is probably uh, just sitting down and uh, having a glass of wine, maybe watch the
1: sunset and stuff. Oh, like yeah, that. absolutely. Right? That is our favorite that's thing. That's one to of do your favorites. That is a, our favorite thing to do together, uh, the most consistently throughout the last 30 years. That's that
8: because be. that's something we can do every day, almost. Yeah. And yeah. hiking in the mountains, not so much. Right. Only when we're in the mountains. Yeah. Right. Good.
0: That's A-N-G-I dot com.
3: This is the plaintiff, Stephen Niferatos. He says he's known the defendant for over 60 years. And longtime friend or not, the guy owes him 25 bucks for two tires he purchased for him. And he never got reimbursed. He wants to put this dispute to rest once and for all. And is here suing his old friend for just that. This is the defendant, Ken Caputo. He says he paid the plaintiff the 25 bucks he was asking for the tires. But the plaintiff has had it in his head the price was 50. It's been like a thousand years since all this happened. He owes the plaintiff nothing and says the guy should just get over it. He's accused of failing a friend.
7: All parties, please raise your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that his friend of 60 years owes him 25 bucks for two tires that he sold him. Get this, he sold him the tires 50 years ago, and the guy never paid. But the defendant says his old friend can't seem to remember things so well these days because he paid him the money, so he owes nothing. It's the case of being full of hot air.
1: Thank you, Douglas.
7: You're welcome, Your Honor.
1: Okay, Mr. Niferatos, you are suing your old friend, Mr. Caputo, for $25. Do tell.
9: Well, I know it's probably, when you say it out loud like that, it sounds kind of crazy, but uh, I've known uh, Kenny for over 60 years. We were classmates in jun- junior high school and grammar school. We hung out in the same neighborhood, and uh, we hung out at the sweet shop together. We went to parties, dances, girls, fights, sports, traveled. Across the country, back and forth, down to Florida, back and forth. We're good friends, almost like brothers. And we were there for all the good and the bad through life. Uh, our, our marriages, our children, even when our parents passed away, I was uh, a pallbearer at Kenny's uh, parents' funeral. Uh, so uh, we have a lot. So the going only thing missing us.
1: was litigation.
9: Yes, yes. This is this is. Uh, I know. <laughs> This is how it all unraveled. Uh, I bought, I I got a new Oldsmobile in June of 69. And uh, I needed some uh, snow tires for it because the winters in New Jersey are pretty rough. So I bought some rear snow tires with rims. And uh, I used them for the winter of 69-70. And I I didn't like, it wasn't a snowy winter and I didn't like the way they rode. So I told Kenny, I said, I'm not going to use the tires anymore. And I'm just going to use chains when it snows. So he jumped on it, and he said, uh, I'd love to buy them. Uh, and the first figure that came out was $50. And a little haggling, a little back and forth. And th- yes, that was the car. There it is. That's Kenny with his niece, probably around 71, probably. And okay. uh, those are the the old white walls. <laughs> uh, and that was down in Florida. So what happened? We had, OK. I. Uh, we The first figure that was tossed out there was $50. And uh, we did a little haggling. That was the starting point. And Kenny gave me the, the $25. I gave him the tires. And that was the end of the conversation. But as time went by over the, the week... Yeah, there we are when we were young. <laughs> Yesterday when I was young. Roy Clark. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> and uh, over the... I didn't. I don't remember if I asked him, I said, "When are you going to pay me the other twenty-five? Is it going to be tomorrow, next week?" I never. I never brought it up. And now, from watching you, I know I should have had the the uh, crayon and the toilet paper. And uh, you know, back then there was no texting, no emails. They they just landed the man on the moon. Uh, that was sixty you know, around then. The, yeah. You know, so technology was uh, not there yet. Anyway, to to get to the point, I. Uh, after he took the tires, we ended the conversation, and he, uh, over the weeks, months, years, decades, and half century, I've been periodically, maybe every couple of months we would talk. We talk more than that, but I'd bring up the tires, and I'd say, Ken, what about the other 25? And he wouldn't really answer. He would laugh, you know. So it took me half a century to finally uh, assert myself, I guess, and uh, I I just... Uh, I just figured I'd put it to rest and uh, and I remember it was
10: fifty dollars.
9: you want I guess, the other
1: twenty five dollars because you remember yes. the deal to be fifty dollars. Let do. me hear from you Mr. Caputo
10: Your honor very <laughs> scary. I love Steve. I love him to death. he's a brother, but we have a very different idea of what exactly happened. I came up and I offered Steve fifty dollars for the two tires, which I thought was was fair. He says to me, uh, no, uh-uh. I says, no, what What do you want, 60, 75 for him, what? He says, no, I'll take 25. I said, what, 25? I said, you know, uh, so we, we literally argued back and forth for I don't know how long. And uh, I says, what are you, out of your mind, I'll give you the $50 for it. And I don't know what whether the mind is softening now or what. I don't know why. But uh, <laughs> basically, he says to me, uh, he says, take it or leave it, 25 So I says, all right, I'll, I'll grab the 25 So <laughs> for 25 How long have
1: you two been arguing about this?
10: Oh, my God. It's not me. It's like every three years, he'd come up, hey, you know, you still owe me $25 for the... And I thought he was kidding me because he's laughing. He's laughing about it. But the funniest thing about this is he became quite – the boys thought he was quite the negotiator. So I said, anytime we're going for a car or a house or something, you come because you're always going to jack up the price about (laughs) 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 $10,000. But (laughs) he's got too much free time. That's the bottom line.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I find know. that happens a lot. But. <laughs> so let's but I, talk I, about I, your I, lawsuit. You're, you say your buddy owes you $25. You say right. he owed it to you back when we landed on the moon. Your statute of limitations <laughs> ran out in 1976. Uh, 1976, when Carter was president, when a a college dropout named Steve Jobs created a little company known as Apple, okay, when the VHS was invented, and you want me to look at him and say, give this man the $25. Yeah, that's not going to happen, guys. Not today. Take care. It was nice meeting you. You're done for. Thank you. Uh,
5: (laughs) Mr. Neferatos, let me ask you something. Do you think by filing this, even though you lost the case, it'll put this issue at an end once and for all?
9: I do. That's all I wanted was uh, an an end to this, one way or the other. And I I didn't realize about the statute of limitations uh, running out uh, almost 50 years ago. So... uh, yeah, I'm I'm at peace with
5: it, and we can we can all move on now. How do you feel, Mr. Caputo? How about that? Were you surprised that he sued you?
10: No, we're we're going to be visiting homes for Steve this uh, this weekend. I could put <laughs> it to that way. <laughs> all right. no, I'm satisfied. That's fine. I don't want. I wouldn't want right. to break up a, a friendship for twenty-five dollars.
5: Yeah. Well, well, boy. Good for you. Good. For, so hopefully this will put it to end once and for all. Harvey, (laughs) what do you think? Okay, Doug, I'm going to make this
7: short and sweet. Uh, This was a transaction 50 years ago. The statute of limitations is six years. Case closed.
1: Hey, judges, how can you tell when a litigant is lying? Are there facial or behavioral things a judge looks for during the testimony? Thanks, Wendy.
8: There are facial and body language uh, things that you can look for for cues, but I don't find that they're particularly reliable. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are, they say, well, if people start shifting their eyes around, if they start to perspire, if they stammer, if they look to the right in the middle of their testimony, if they... Do you one you thing, don't
1: I, buy that stuff. No, but
8: you? I don't... I, you know, the, I don't the, either. The verbal cue of, to be honest with you, I can't stand that because I, the, I always, as a judge, I hear that in testimony, in court, when you're under oath, I'm thinking, yeah, maybe you should be honest with you, <laughs> uh, you know, and I just, it's like, that doesn't need saying. Right. right? That doesn't need saying. Sometimes you have people who say that again and again, right. But it's a speech scratch. And, yeah, but
1: yeah, I, I, I'm right. with you that I think people put too much stock in the nonverbal right. cues,
8: ticks and cues. They don't, you know, some don't...
1: people are just nervous. They're right. sweating because you know, they're, they're nervous. That's right. Like they're, and not everyone reacts. I learned this throughout my life as as a litigator that just because someone doesn't react the way you would react, it right. doesn't mean that what they're saying didn't happen and they're not being truthful. So yes, there's some nonverbal cues we all know them, we experience them either with our children, with our peers, but no one's with a our human coworkers. lie detector no. Well, just... I am. <no>.
3: These are the plaintiffs, Nadisha West and Keith Salvador Carlos Gonzalez. They say their time living in the defendant's place was a living nightmare, and they have some nerve keeping their security deposit when they're the ones out money. Bottom line, they caused no damages, did nothing wrong, and are owed $1,350 just what they're suing for today. These are the defendants, Shayna and Auxili. They say the plaintiffs treated their house like a pig pen. And if anyone's owed money today, it's certainly not the plaintiffs. They're the ones owed money. And they hope the judge sees things their way today in court. They're accused of holding on tight to the plaintiffs' money. The defendants who filed a suit for $426 for additional
2: damages. All parties, please hit your right hands.
7: Welcome back to the People's Court next case on the docket. The plaintiffs are suing because they can't get their money back because the landlord is lying about damages they allegedly caused. But the defendants claim the plaintiffs treated their beautiful place like a pig pen, and they're the ones who are still owed money. It's the case of you crooks. Give us back our loot.
1: Thank you, Douglas.
7: You're welcome, Your Honor.
1: All right. So, Ms. West and Mr. Gonzalez... You are suing yes. Shayna and Osini for your security deposit back because, according to you, they had no right to keep a penny of it. You, on the other hand, are counterclaiming because you say your damages are even beyond the security deposit. So let's hear from you first. How long were you living there, Ms. West and Mr. Gonzalez? For a year. Okay. And what caused you to leave?
6: Uh, we left because of the schooling and the infestation of rodents.
1: How, when did the you first notice the infestation of rodents?
6: In November.
1: And did you tell the landlord about it? Yes, Judge. And what? And uh, did she respond to it? Did she take care of it?
6: She, um, her husband, she sent her husband over to try to catch them. <laughs> they would come and move up the furnitures. It was beyond ridiculous. Her husband came. Her sons came. They would come to my home trying to catch the rats, they bring poison, it was...
1: Oh, okay, I was going to say, you kind
6: of have to bring the poison. You can't really just (laughs) sit around
1: trying to lasso the rats, you know? I mean, that's not going to work. I don't know how big those rats were, but... um, Okay, and what, and it it just couldn't get under control?
6: No, no, ma'am.
1: Yeah. All right, so in any event, you decide to leave. You're not breaking your lease or anything. You you decide to leave, and you do a walkthrough... And she doesn't mention any complaints during the walkthrough, but a lot of times landlords don't. They don't want to get into a fight with you And person. It's awkward. You just silently do the walkthrough. But then in the end, she ended up keeping uh, your entire, they ended up keeping your entire deposit. So let me uh, hand the floor to you, Shana and Osini. Why? Um, Because of damage to the property. How you
11: doing, Judge? I'm sorry. Um, Damage to the property for paint, Um, They received that property free of pests and any infestation.
1: All right. You folks actually took pictures of the house before move-in, and I've got those, which is very, very helpful. And so you're showing me the condition of things when you handed it over to them. This is great. Where'd you learn to do that? Watching people's court, right? Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Judge,
11: that, that home was empty there were no roaches, there were no rats, there were no nothing, no infestation, nothing before they moved into the property.
1: Well, but that could happen. You don't have a rat infestation and then one day you do. I mean, do you have any evidence that that's their fault? I mean.
11: No, I wasn't saying it was their fault, but they were saying that they got right. the house that way. That's what it sounded like. Like,
1: No, she said November and I know that she got the house in August. I asked her when did the rats okay. start, she said November. All right, so the house definitely looks like it was handed over in very, very good condition. Now, let me um, see how you guys left it when you moved out. Let's start here. All right, what is this? That is the front entry. Uh, What happened here, guys? Uh, Ms. West
6: and Mr. Gonzalez, do you know? Yes, Your Honor. That scratches on the paint. They painted the floors, so when her husband came over moving my furniture out of my living room... Um, supposedly trying to catch the rats with her uh, um, with her sons.
1: This looks like something fell on this.
6: Is this painted
1: concrete, folks? Uh, Shana? Yes, it is. Is this painted it, it, concrete? Is... Yes, ma'am. Okay. It's painted with That often... With the that often of... Right. So that often peels, you know? Painting concrete right. often peels. But what do you think happened there that, that would be their fault?
11: The paint that was a high, that's the type of paint that you put in the garage. And
1: um, it doesn't scratch easily, but. Okay, what happened to the blinds, Ms. West and Mr. Gonzalez?
6: (laughs) Yes, Judge, so um, we changed out all the blinds. The ones that we were unable to change out, we left with um, Ms. Shana and she, and asked her if she could have her husband finish placing them inside. Due to the fact that we didn't have any drill to put them in, and she said it was okay, and we left the blinds with her. Okay.
1: Now you you withheld three hundred dollars for blinds. Can you prove that you spent three hundred dollars replacing blinds?
11: We had to replace every blind in the house, Your Honor. And they were all broken. The,
1: every blind in the house all, was broken.
11: Every single blind was broken or missing the slides, or was written on. They were cut, they were taped up. She made a comment that they were, she got the house that way. I have the images, there's your honor of all the blinds in the house. Yeah.
1: What's that? What am I looking at there?
11: That, and also the other cabinets where you just passed, they had all of the the cabinet shelving down, and. Covering the damaged, base of the cabinets. Okay. What is this a picture of? That's the air vent underneath the. That's the exhaust for when you're over the stove. What's, that's the stove? Right. It was not clean. What's the problem with left. the
1: stove? It was dirty. Okay. They did not clean it. We had to get it cleaned. Okay. You withheld money for the refrigerator. What was the problem with the refrigerator?
11: Your Honor, in August, they got a new refrigerator. She sent me a text that the fridge is not cooling. Um, no questions asked. We just went ahead and got another one and collected the other one. And that was a brand new refrigerator. And when we got it back from them, it was dented, scratched, rusted, and
1: broken shelf inside. What's going on with the walls here? That,
11: That's their paint job, Your Honor. Blinds. are well, more, more blinds. blinds.
1: What are you showing me in this picture? It's just the, pe-
11: the, 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 the rodents. I was, I took pictures of the whole house. The droppings? After these, no, not droppings, those were roaches. Roaches? Yes, ma'am. There were no evidence of any um, rats after they left. We had a service and no one ever caught the
1: rats. Um, okay, what's going on here? Did you guys try to paint <clears throat> uh, Ms. West and Mr. Gonzalez?
5: Uh, no, no, actually, I didn't I didn't try to paint that area. That area was okay. already like that.
1: And they handed you add, the place Honor, like that? Yes, Your Honor. Okay, Mr. Osini, is this the way you guys handed the apartment to them? No, George. No, ma'am, we did not paint that. That is, in. I went
11: right back in, after they left for the, um, from the walkthrough. And after they pulled out of driveway, I went back in and took the pictures.
1: I'm looking at, at the paint job from before in the before pictures, and I realize it's not the same angle, but...
6: You can see it. Yeah.
1: And these are your before pictures. You see over the door that it looks like it's two different shades of the paint, like somebody painted it, but didn't feel like painting the whole wall? Your Honor, that's the shadow. If the home had no power. That is the shadow, Your Honor. Yeah, you're right. There is a, there is a, there is a, a straight edge wall right in front of it. I don't know. Uh, now this, honestly, if, if someone hands you an apartment like that, First of all, any time that you rent an apartment, the first thing you should do is videotape and photograph every single thing wrong with it, because you don't want to get blamed for it. But it's hard for you to say, this is how it was. Now, I'm looking at this picture right here, and I'm going to compare it to the before picture, because I can see the paint roll right there on the left of the door. Let's see what happens when we look at the before pictures in that hall. And I am not seeing it on the left of the door, what it is that I see there. All right. Um, We're looking at $606 for the painting. We're looking at the fridge damage. And I'm uh, looking at the stuff that you are keeping for, and I I do agree with her on a lot. Um, I think the cleaning fee is excessive. I think um, you're not responsible for... I've, I've painted concrete floors a million times, even with that epoxy stuff that's supposed to be so great, it chips. Through no fault of the people living there, uh, but the fridge and the painting and the blinds, you know, and uh, some cleaning and the kitchen cabinet—that you know, that stuff costs money. And it, if it wasn't handed to you that way, that's not what we call normal wear and tear. So um, I did my own calculations. It's only slightly less than uh, than the security deposit. It's certainly you've got a counterclaim for an additional four twenty-six. That's not going to happen. I find that the damages are $1,206, which means that you need to return to the plaintiffs $144. That is my judgment. Good luck, folks.
5: So the plaintiffs prevail. They're only going to get $144 back, not the $1,300 they were seeking. Shayna and Ozuni, you and your son were going over to help them. Catch rats is the way she put it is. Were you doing that? I, how do you go catch a rat? What do you do?
10: <laughs> no, I didn't
11: No, they were looking for the evidence and see if they found entry points We had a professional that came out to do a service and we have a one-year warranty. They know that
5: Okay, all right. I, I thought he had some tricks on what to do to catch a rat no. uh, All right <laughs> Let's talk to uh, Ms. West and Mr. Gonzalez. You're getting, you know, a, a very small amount back. What do you feel about that?
6: There is a home that's next to the home that was poorly kept, that is infested with rats that was running around in the yard, and that's how they got into the home and damaged a lot of my products in the home that Ms. Shin is aware of. But it's okay. I'll pray for her.
5: Well, you do that. I'm sorry. You're only going to get a little over $100 back. That's the judge's decision, and unfortunately, you're going to have to live with it. Okay. Thank you very you much. You have a
6: good one. Thank you. All
1: right. Well, the defendant may not have any tricks or tips for catching rats, but I know a guy who does.
8: Yes. Funny you <laughs> should mention that. I'm listening to this case, and they mentioned rat infestation, and they had some photos of rats and that sort of thing, and it brought me back because in the early 80s and mid-1980s, I was living in Boston with four roommates. We got a rat infestation in the building, and it happened because we were right near the Fenway Park subway stop, and the city of Boston ran out of the budget for apparently rat poison and and extermination that year, so they came storming out of the subway right next to our apartment, and they really hit the apartment pretty hard. We were killing a rat every three or four days at one point in our kitchen. Uh, while, you, while you were cooking, they'd run by your feet. And, and we usually would kill them with uh, <clears throat> a hockey stick or a oh, golf geez. club. And uh, the rat exterminator finally came after a few weeks. And he said, uh, he told me a little bit about rats. He said a rat can chew through concrete or steel. Um, their, their incisors are harder than steel. And they, and they grow throughout their lifetime. He said they can climb right up. The, outside. the building was brick. He said they can climb straight up a three- or four-story building up the brick, vertically. Uh, he just was going on and on because he, I mean, he loved his work, and his work was rats. And uh, it was, it was uh, interesting. So part of me, I feel for them, having to deal with the rats. And, and at some point, pests are unavoidable. Mice and sometimes rats are going to get into buildings. You can't stop it.
7: So Scotty wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, um, my brother owes me money for a trip I paid for, and he hasn't paid me back. I have a huge bill on my credit card I can't pay. I don't want to sue him, but what other choices do I have? Well, the choice you have is to try and mediate or reason with him. But if he's not going to reason, normally I don't like suing a relative. But if this guy is just saying, screw you, I think you got to teach him a lesson and go to court. You shouldn't have to front the bill you don't owe.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app